My search for answers is possible thanks to the listeners. To learn more about how you can donate to this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash smalltownhorror. Every town has its stories, its secrets. What possible harm could come from sharing them? Hmm? This is Small Town Horror. My name is Ryan Jennings. Small Town Horror is a bi-weekly podcast documenting my return to Creighton, Minnesota. Up until now, each episode's been recorded and released as it happens to me. But a lot's happened over the last few days. I really do appreciate your patience. For even more on how I got to this point, please listen to all previous episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or at smalltownhorrorpodcast.com. It starts with a phone call. I recognize the number. It's Anthony the lawyer I've been working with to finalize everything with my father's estate. He's wondering if I can stop by his office whenever I get a chance. I'm standing outside of the hospital, my head still swimming with what just happened inside. My response is mechanical, just a reflex as my mind tries to process what's going on. Yeah, I can be there in ten minutes. I'm in no condition to drive. As I begin walking towards his office, all I can think about is Mrs. Alderman. Before I realize that I've even moved, I'm standing outside the law office doors, knocking so softly that I'm surprised anyone hears me. Come in. Ryan, thanks for getting here so quickly. I, I promise, we're in the home stretch. Great. All right, the bulk of the hard stuff is gone. We just need to get a couple of signatures on your father's property. I follow him to the table where he has several file folders organized in a perfectly neat, centered row. I look at it and can't take my eyes away. Something inside me wants to knock them right off the table for no other reason than to destroy their nice little slice of perfection. Are, are you okay? I'm fine. What do I need to sign? Okay, wow, well, just need your Herbie Hancock right here. And here. And here. Wait, what's this? That's one of your father's properties. I pick up the paper and stare at it. I knew Dad had his house in the hunting shack, but I didn't know anything about a third piece of land. Where is this? He brings his laptop over from the desk and pulls up a map of the Creighton area. As good a map of the area as I've ever seen. He owns this plot of land. Here. I look at the screen, not entirely sure what I'm looking at. Dad owns a small plot of land out in the woods just past Creighton proper. I stare at the map, trying to figure out why he would own any land there when my stomach drops and my world ends. Ryan, are you okay? Ryan? Is there a hardware store near here? Um, we we uh, just have a few more things to go over. Is there a hardware store near here? 
For once, I watched the sun go down with a sense of calm. It might even be serenity. Something in me has changed. I sit and stare out the window as the light disappears behind a sea of green and the darkness takes over. I watch the shadows cast by passing cars. It's misleading to say I'm not afraid of what will happen next, but it's a different kind of fear. I sit there for hours just thinking. I think about the laughter. I think about the screaming. I think about all the mornings I woke up sweating or crying or both. All the times I needed a drink just to escape. I sit there and I wait for the laughter. It's two o'clock in the morning before the silence is broken. I stand from my spot against the wall and look over my old bed. I look around the room trying to track the sound as it fades in and out. It's as loud as the first night back. I walk into the hall and hear it's louder there. But it's not coming from the hall. It's coming from Dad's room. I push the door open to his room and the sound fills me. It's all around. Pressing my ear up to the wall and it's all I can do to keep back the tears. But for once, those tears aren't from fear. They're from rage. I swing the sledgehammer in the wall over and over, drywall and dust filling the room as I tear it all down. And there, in the space between walls, is exactly what Roger had looked for in the vents. A speaker. It's old. An Iowa speaker from the 90s with wires running along the wall behind the parts that still stand. I jab and rip at the drywall with a crowbar, following the wires until I come to the CD player lit up. A CD spinning inside the five-disc changer. The sound starts again. Some sort of loop. I press the stop button and find myself in silence again. Pressing the eject button, the disc rotates out. On top of it, in black ink, is written the number 13. I don't touch it. Instead, I look at the digital display and see the timer icon illuminated. It's the same time it was when I heard it that first night. It's set to play every night at the same time. How long had it been doing that? All I can tell with any level of certainty was that it was here before I got back. And it wasn't left for me. No one would know I was going to stay here. The sound wasn't for me. I collapse on the floor. I can't hold a thought. There's too much. After all this time, the only thing that returns to the surface is anger. I keep swinging the sledgehammer until the walls barely exist. I destroy Dad's bed, his furniture 
and finally paused before walking downstairs. His chair. I considered destroying that chair too, for a long time. But instead I just leave. I walk into the night and see lights on in the houses around, eyes peeking out from behind blinds, staring at me. I'm covered in sweat and dust, holding a crowbar in one hand and dragging a sledgehammer in the other. I stare back at them until one by one they all disappear back into their houses and turn off the lights, hold on to their newfound gossip that will only remain secret for a few hours. Maybe the calls have already started. No police, though. Go figure. I look up at the stars and let the tools fall to the sidewalk. I have hours to go until morning. Until I can go get some answers. Until that lawyer is going to tell me the truth. Ryan, Ryan, what the hell are you doing? How long did you know? What? Know what? How long did you know about my dad? Ryan, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you want? I want the goddamn truth! Ryan, I sincerely have no idea what you're talking about, but I suggest you take a deep breath before I call the police. Okay? You're not just going to stomp into my office and start making accusations. Tell me the truth. How much do you know about the land my dad owned? I barely even knew your dad. Okay, I don't know anything about Creighton or the land around it. There's no sense in going through it all with him. No sense in explaining that the plot of land my dad owns is the same plot of land where the remains of the church lie. The church where Herod burned himself alive. The church where I was taken. The realization of all that hit me the moment I sat there staring at the map on the lawyer's computer, my mind racing to put together the pieces. The sound I recorded. The sound with Alex's laugh and my laugh and Stephen's laugh. As Tim said, a recording that someone worked hard on, cared about. Hearing Stephen's laugh the night I ran Sounds that didn't come out of the vents. Seeing for myself the stereo in the wall. It was my dad. It had always been my dad. Listen. Listen. I know all of this is hard to deal with, and as confused as I am right now, I think we're both going to be better off if you just sit down and we finish dealing with this together, okay? Maybe you can explain what the hell you think you're doing? I sit down, once again staring at those perfect file folders as he composes himself and pulls out a stack of papers. All we need to do is get the four properties officially signed over and you can do whatever you want with them. Four? Yeah, well, you know, I was going to talk to you about this yesterday, but you were too focused on hardware. My jaw clenches. He'd be distracted too if he just put together that his dad had some involvement in multiple kidnappings. Maybe worse. As far as the fourth property, well, it's a little complicated. 
This land, it wasn't specifically listed as being your father's, not directly. It's actually on land that's owned by the state. Well, I'm still looking into uh, exactly... Where is it? Again, he pulls out his laptop and zooms in on the one spot. The map shows nothing but a wooded area. No clearing. There's no picture of an actual house. He shows me the distance from Creighton and shows me the documents, but still it takes me a few minutes of looking at the map and the papers before I realize where the land is. Where do I sign? It's another hour before I leave the office without offering the lawyer any answers. I make a stop at a sporting goods store before driving back to Creighton. I spend a good chunk of the money I have left on supplies and go back to the motel just to get my laptop and charge my phone. Sir is waiting at the door when I arrive. Hey, what the hell is going on? Sarah, it's complicated. You think? I heard from a dozen different people about you taking a sledgehammer to your dad's house. They were saying you were drunk and screaming. I wasn't drunk. I'm pretty sure I didn't scream. All this after Mrs. Alderman died. She died? How did you not hear that? I was busy finding speakers in the walls of Dad's room. They were playing that noise. No, the one with all the laughs. It's in the walls, Sarah. He put it there. What? Your dad? Why would he do that? I don't know. It was on a timer, set to play every night. I think it was like... I think it was like a lullaby. That is f***ed up. I... But why? I don't know. I don't know anything. But I do know where I need to look now. Where? Ashbury. Look, Ryan, it's been a really long few weeks. You're... You're not thinking straight. This is... this is Crazy. Yeah. Dad owned the land where the church is, Sarah. Where I was taken. He owned the land for years before I was kidnapped. Before Stephen Alderman disappeared. I saw the deed. He owned land in Ashbury. I just don't understand what Ashbury has to do with any of this. I don't know. But if there was one place in the world you didn't want people to see or hear what you were doing, where else would you go? It doesn't take Sarah near as long as it took me to process what's going on. Even with just fragments of the information, she realizes exactly how crazy I am. You can't go there. I mean, even if you don't believe in the whole government people coming to get you in the middle of the night thing that happened to the Bergs, the land is contaminated. So they say. And if you're wrong. I can't live like this, Sarah. Knowing these bits and pieces? Why not? You gotta let it go. I mean, he's dead. There were 13 voices on that recording. That night when I ran, it was Stephen's laugh. One laugh. I think I was the second person who was taken. I don't know why I'm alive, but I know there were 11 other people after me. Alex admitting that he was one of them proves it. It doesn't prove anything. They were taken because I ran away. Because I was too afraid. You realize I have about a million more questions, right? I don't have any answers. 
I'm sorry, I have to go. I need to get there by night. What the hell is that for? It's for the laughter. I can't let you go. You can't stop me. Alone. I can't let you go alone. What? Do you think I'm just going to stand here as you march off into the woods with a tent and a shotgun toward Ashbury and say, gee, I hope that turns out all right? It's basically either I call the cops, I shoot you myself, or I help. Okay, since I don't believe the cops around here would actually do anything, or that they'd be able to stop you from going anywhere, and I guess I'd rather not shoot you myself, I'm going with you. Because I don't think there's anyone else who would. You can walk away. you for saying that. I don't need you to look out for me. You're the idiot who just racked an empty shotgun. If we get caught, your family... If we get caught, you kidnapped me and forced me to say all this. Besides, when was the last time you went camping? You're never going to make it to Ashbury back before nightfall. Are you going to spend the night alone out there? Go get your stuff. I need to get this recorded and uploaded. That's your priority right now? I may not get another chance. And come on, people have listened to my mopey ass for this long. They deserve to hear what's happened. And that's it. You know it all. Probably as well as I do. For the record, I know this is stupid. And I know I'm crazy. But I guess that means I'm sane, right? I just have to know. I have to know. Come on, Ryan. We need to go now if we want to get there before night. Be right there. I'm sorry to leave you like this. You've listened. You've heard it, and now... Now I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe there's nothing there. Maybe I'll be arrested. Maybe this will all finally be over. I know you have questions. Believe me, I probably have even more. The tapes. The laughter. Stephen. My dad. Why did he take me? Why did he let me go? What's waiting for me in Ashbury? That's why I'm going. Why we're going. It might be the only question I can answer for myself. to go now I just wanted to say thank you it's good to know someone else heard it too people need to know Creighton is here please help spread the word by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and leaving a positive review reviews are vital for exposure 
people need to know the truth about Crazy Town.